Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Hey, will you put your hands together? Let's welcome everyone watching online, all the online crew. Welcome them to church. It's good to see everyone. Anyone watching the Olympics? Anyone on the count of three, shout out your favorite event. Ready? One, two, three. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, today, I found out there was actually some type of horse event in the Olympics. I didn't even know that existed, um, but I found that out today. Who likes the swimming? Anyone like swimming? That's like your favorite thing ever. It's awesome because like our, we're, we're crushing it. We're just, we're dominating. Um, who likes the ping pong? Anyone like, like the, the hardcore ping pong? We're definitely not dominating there. And so um, it must, it's not our thing. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of great events and I'm loving it. And hey, um, just totally unrelated to the Olympics, but it came up in a conversation uh, uh, this week in the Baird household uh, to which it brought a lot of um, anger and retaliation. Um, but just, just by a show of hands, um, or, or maybe you can shout it out, who is the better joker? Is it Heath Ledger or is it Jared Leto? I really need to solve this right now. All in favor of Heath, all in favor of Heath, raise your hand. Okay, all in favor of Jared, raise your hand. Really? Really? See, I always put it out there like, who would you not wanna see in a dark alley? Like, and, and so anyway, so Bethany's right. I guess everyone thinks Heath is the better joker. So, uh, well, let's open up the Bible now. And uh, if you have your Bible, Mark chapter three. Mark chapter three is where we're gonna get uh, anyone anyone uh, see any, the start of Premier League soccer, English Premier League soccer? Does anyone care? Anyone besides me? Awesome. Uh, my team lost today. So you get angry, Clay, tonight is what you're gonna get uh, as we preach. So uh, Man United, it's awesome, bro. There's the door back there uh, with the exit sign. Um, <laughs> he's never coming back to church here. Uh, awesome, we love you. We love all, all people. Hey, Mark chapter three. Uh, starting in verse one. If you don't have a Bible, we have you covered. It'll actually be on the screen to your left and, uh, and to your right. It says this. It says, another time Jesus went into the synagogue, just a fancy name for church, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Maybe your version says a withered hand. And, and some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. And Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. And then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill, but they remained silent. Verse five, and he looked around at them in anger and in deep distress at their stubborn hearts. He said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was completely restored and the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Isn't that crazy, right? Jesus just does something good. He just does something helpful. And now people are trying to plot a way to, to kill him and end his life. Uh, tonight, what I wanna preach to you on for maybe the next 30 minutes is um, what I have entitled Paper Plate God. Paper Plate God. And, um, and just kind of in typical Pastor Clay-ish fashion, um, we're just gonna look at this passage of scripture in Mark chapter three, and uh, we're just gonna ring it out. And, and we're gonna go through some verses together, and we're just gonna see what God might wanna uh, share with us. I think there's, this thing is jam full of good stuff, and, uh, and I know there's gonna be something tonight that's gonna hit home for all of us. So why don't we pray, and we'll get into the message tonight. So Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is life-giving. 
God, when we apply it to our life, we are so much better for it. And so, Lord, tonight, I pray, as I always do, that we would not just be hearers of your word, let us be doers of your word. God, I pray that you would speak to us. Lord, I'm thankful that tonight there's probably gonna be like a great kind of corporate word that goes out, but God, I pray that you would make it much more personal for every single person in here tonight, God, that you would speak in a unique and personal way to every beating heart in the room and watching online this evening. Lord, we love you, and we lean into your word tonight in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. 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 Paper, plate, God. As you can see from our setup over here, I had this thought as I was kind of reading this text and um, I called some pastor friends who had a couple ideas and, um, and, and I was piecing all of this together. I had this thought, you know, when it comes to dinner, um, you know, I, when, you, when you are having people come over to your house for dinner, let's say, we're talking about there's, there's plate in the, in the title tonight, uh, you know, I, here's, here's a nice little setup right here and, and, and you know, you got, you got these china dishes and you got, you got a candle lit and you got nice stemware and all of this kind of stuff, flatware and, and all this stuff and this is the stem and the flat, I got it, I, I know what I'm doing. So, um, uh, but, but you know what I thought about, well, like, what, like when, when you have someone come over to the house and they're an acquaintance, they're a visitor. Like, in other words, you don't really know this person that well. Like, like you bust out the china, don't you? Like, like, when you got somebody coming over to the house and, like, you're trying to make a good impression, it's a, it's a special occasion. That's what it is. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, special occasion. It's a special occasion. Like, you bust this kind of stuff out when it's a special occasion. Somebody's coming over. Maybe your boss is coming over for dinner. Maybe it's the first time you're meeting like your boyfriend's parents, your girlfriend's parents, whatever. Like, like you don't really see it's visitors, it's acquaintances, special occasion. Like, like you don't even just bust out the nice dishes. Like, but you cleaned your house like you never cleaned it before in your life. Like you, you cleaned it like you about to take pictures of it and put it for sale on eBay. Like you clean that mess, right? Special occasion dishes, you, you got the nice stuff, you got your nice glasses out, like you got the, the plates that you hadn't used, grandma gave them to you when she passed away, this is the first time you're using them, you know, kind of stuff, right? This is, this is the special occasion kind of, of setup, but, but then I thought, you know, there's another type of dinner that happens, um, and, and, and it's just the type of dinner where you're just like, yo, this is... <laughs> This is it. And, and, and when you bust out this type of dinner, like this is for when like your best friends roll up in the house. Am I right? Am I right? Like your best friends, they see your nice dishes, but they ain't never ate off those nice dishes. They ain't never gonna get that. You know what I mean? Like you, like, you get a solo cup, my man. That's what you're gonna get. You know, you better put your name on it. That's your cup. We ain't changing. So, right? Like this is, this is your best friends. Like this is someone you're close with. This is someone that you know. This is someone that you do life with every single day. This is ordinary. This is normal. This is routine. This is, this is paper plate kind of stuff. In fact, not only did you not clean the house for this person, but like this is the kind of person you're going to call and be like, bro, you can come over, but you're going to have to help me do laundry tonight. It's laundry night. You know what I mean? Like you're going you're gonna to have to help me. I might even need you to do a load of dishes or something like that, right? Like that's the kind of person that's going to get this right here, right? This is, this is the special occasion. This is the special occasion, people, right here. This is the visitors. This is the acquaintances. But, but you see, this right here, this is, this is your everyday. This is your, this is your best friends coming over right here that are going to get this set up. And, and you see, I had this thought, Sub 30. You see, when it comes to your relationship with God, when it comes to what he wants for your life, you, you see, it was never God's intent that he would just show up every now and then in your life for a special occasion. It was God's intent that, 
that he, he refers to himself in scripture as, I wanna be the friend that even sticks closer than a brother. You see, I don't wanna serve a special occasion, God, that I have to try to impress every now and then. I don't want my faith to be a special occasion type faith. I want a paper plate, God. I want a God that's rolling with me 24-7 every day of the week that I don't just get to access him at a special occasion, but boy, I get to hang out and access my God on the everyday. Paper plate kind of God. I wanna have a paper plate faith. It's an everyday faith. It's, for, it's all types of use kind of faith. That's what I want. And I don't think God wanted, he, Jesus didn't die. I'll say it like this. Jesus didn't die for the sins of the world, bridging the gap between sinful man and holy God so that we could just access him at special occasions. God desires that we would access him at all times, every day, all the time, paper, plate kind of God. He, he sticks close to us. He's with us regularly, every day. It's, it's the normal routines of life that God is interested in. God's not just interested in, in, in catching up with you once a quarter at a, at a special service or Easter and Christmas or whatever the case may be. He, he wants the everyday. He's interested in the everyday kind of stuff. I, I wrote some things down. You know, my faith, like I said, it's not just for Christmas and Easter. Listen to this, sub 30. My faith is not just for crisis and problems. My faith is not just when I get a bad doctor's report. My faith is for everyday use. Everyday kind of use. At work, at school, on the sports team, sitting in traffic, on the military base, shopping for groceries. At all times, I can access my God. He's a paper plate God. He, he's all times, regular, everyday kind of relationship with God. So, so what I wanna do is I wanna go back to Mark chapter three. I want us to see some things that are happening right here. I believe God's gonna speak to us tonight. You see, when we rolled up on this scripture right here and what Jesus was doing in the synagogue that day, Jesus is activating the, the faith in a religious system that is actually broken and dysfunctional in Mark chapter three. You see, Jesus' ministry, it was about comfort and confrontation. Someone say confrontation. Beth is laughing at me. We always have this, uh, we always have this joke as to how long my jacket's gonna last and it never lasts that long. Jesus his ministry, it was about comfort and confrontation. In other words, I'll say it like this. Jesus was a reliable source of comfort for those who mourned, but he was also a reliable source for confrontation for those who were arrogantly prideful and religious. And Jesus busts into this scene in Mark chapter three. He's ready to confront a religious system that is actually not working. And, and I think that there's, uh, I'll say it like this. I, I think the Pharisees here in Mark chapter three, it was like they wanted people to have faith, but they didn't want the faith to help them. You, you better, like, they were like, hey, you better have faith in God. You need to have faith in God, but, but we don't want your faith to actually help you. You see, I think there's a lot of Christians that have faith. They believe in God, but your faith isn't helping you in the everyday. Your faith isn't helping you in the routines and the ordinary things of life. I'll say it like this. Um, anybody, anybody into fitness and working out? Raise your hand. Anybody like into fitness? Um, like, you know, like you're raising your hand. You, I hope, you know, you better look like you're into fitness if you're gonna say, you just, I'm just kidding. Um, Anybody into fitness? Raise your hand one more time. Anybody into fitness? Right? So, someone's like, fit, I'm into fitness. Pizza in my mouth. Um, so, <laughs> someone's like, amen. That's right here. Chick fil A, holla at your boy. So, <laughs> I got Al's on speed dial down at the beach. So, all right, um, I gotta preach. So, 
There's a thing in, in the fitness world, right? Um, I, someone told me, I obviously don't know about it, but uh, it's called functional fitness. Functional fitness. And, and, and the key to functional fitness, it's really about, it's really about adaptability and, and, and stuff like that. But, here, but here's the question when it comes to functional fitness. In other words, functional fitness is about, will this help me in my everyday life? Will this help me in my everyday life? Because the truth is there's thousands of people going to gyms all over the United States of America and they're doing all of these exercises, they're doing all of this fitness, but truthfully, a lot of it isn't really helping you in your everyday ordinary movement of life. But there's this thing called functional fitness where it's you actually do exercises and you actually do fitness type routines that are gonna help you in your movement, your everyday movement of life. I was working out um, one time with my boy Tyler Thompson right here. And when I say one time, I literally mean one time. And so um, Tyler, why don't you stand up though so everyone can just see. This is my boy Tyler Thompson, uh, big time. We're obviously on the same workout plan, it's it's evident. And so um, I was working out with my boy Tyler one time and Tyler was the one who kind of started introducing me to this idea of functional fitness, doing things that are gonna help you in your ordinary uh, movement and, and daily routine of life. And Tyler actually said this to me. He doesn't even know that I was gonna quote him tonight in my message, but he actually told me, he said, man, you actually don't need a lot of fancy machines. You don't need to go to a gym and, and, and do all the fancy machine equipment. He said, Clay, I could introduce you to one piece of equipment that'll make you hate your life. And brother wasn't lying. Brother one line. Anybody know what this is? Call it out. Call it out. Kettlebell. You didn't even know you hated life as much until you picked this thing up, right? Kettlebell. And, and what Tyler told me is he's like, Clay, I could teach you how to do certain exercises with this one piece of equipment. This is all you need. I could help you just with this one thing. And when he said that, man, it got me thinking. I think there are so many Christians that are waiting on, on, on some level of knowledge and level of doctrine and theology before they get on moving with what God's called them to do. But hear me tonight, sub 30. If you will just take one Bible verse and apply it to your daily life, it could totally change your world. In other words, you, maybe you got functional fitness, but do you have functional faith? I think a lot of people believe in God. The only problem is their faith ain't helping them Monday through Saturday. Is your faith functional? Is it helping you on the everyday? Is it helping you in the ordinary things of life? Because we don't serve a Sunday only God. I have, no, I have no desire to only serve a special occasion. God, I want a God that's every day. I want a God that's accessible and my faith can reach every single day. Is your faith a special occasion faith that you only bring up when you're inside of the four walls of the church maybe once or twice a week? Or is your faith something that you're building and cultivating and growing and using on the everyday? Is it actually helping you in the everyday ordinary things of life. But the Pharisees and the religious people in Mark chapter three, they didn't understand this. In their mind, God and healing, that was all for special occasions, right? And Jesus shows up, he completely destroys their false mindset that they've been operating in for years. Jesus proves in one moment in Mark chapter three that faith is not for special occasions, but faith is for any time. And faith is for all times. So let's dive into this passage. Let's see what we can find. Let's read it a little bit of it again. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue. Watch this. There was a man, right? Jesus, right? And then there was a man with a shriveled hand that was there. And then some of them, Pharisees, were looking for a reason to accuse. Everyone say accuse. They were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he was gonna heal on the Sabbath. 
right? To see it like, in other words, Jesus, this, this is not the occasion for healing. They're looking to accuse to see if Jesus was actually gonna do something that it was not the occasion for. You see, when I saw this, I firstly noticed that there's three groups represented in this passage of scripture. Number one, there's Jesus. Number two, there's a man with a shriveled hand. And number three, there's Pharisees. Three groups of people. You see, Jesus went to church that day looking to heal. The man went to church that day looking to be healed. But the Bible tells you that the Pharisees went to church that day looking to accuse. See, it begs the question to all of us sub 30, what are you looking for when you come to church? What are you looking for? When you come to church, I will never understand in the social media world, I will never understand why someone follows someone and, and goes on their feed just to tell them how much they hate them. You ever notice that? Like, 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 they, they, like they, will, they will troll you and follow you on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram only to tell you how much they hate you or to be negative or whatever. Like, like the question is simply, bro, why are you on my feed? Why you even follow me? If you hate me so much, why do you follow me? If you're so against me, why, why are you following that person if you, if you don't like them? Why, why would you even bother? Why would you even care if you don't even like them? Why are you on their feet? You see, it's the same thing in church. I will never understand why some people come to church week in and week out and week in and week out only to leave and nitpick what they didn't like about the service. I'll never understand it. I never understand why, I mean, you can't, you can't blame them. I mean, they are faithfully attending. But then they leave and, they, and it's like all they wanna say is what they didn't like about church that day. I don't, I don't know, it just, it, just it, it wasn't his best message. I've heard, I've heard him, it wasn't his best, it wasn't his best message tonight. He was off his game tonight. Or man, they, just, they didn't sing any of the songs I like. God, that song said, I just wasn't feeling that song said. I couldn't really get my spirit vibe because I just wasn't feeling that song said. They didn't sing. When are they gonna sing Oceans again? Bring back Oceans. When are they gonna sing Oceans? <laughs> and all the girls said. <laughs> they just, they just didn't sing my songs. And, and I, just, I just don't know about that worship leader. I just like the other worship leader. Like I like that dude who stands over here and plays the guitar with like the long dark hair. And he, like that's my vibe right there. And I like him. He's, he's that worship leader right there. And, and, and people, it's like, it's like, why are, you even, why are you coming if all you're gonna do is just nitpick and, and pull everything apart that you didn't like? So you have to answer yourself the question, what are you looking for when you come to church? What are you looking for when you come to church? You see, I actually wrote some things down. I, my prayer for all of us is that when we come into church that we would look to be healed, encouraged, edified, uplifted, inspired, motivated, refreshed, and revived, and that we would never come in with a heart to find fault. That that would never be our posture as we come into the house of God. And in church that day in Mark chapter three, watch this sub 30, there was a man who can't reach out, but then there were a whole lot of other people who won't reach out because they were too busy judging and trying to accuse. God forbid we turn into the people that won't reach out for Jesus in his presence because we're too busy trying to find fault. I mean, I thought about the Pharisees. How many times were the Pharisees around Jesus? How many times were they in the same vicinity when Jesus was teaching and doing miracles and all of this stuff, but yet in all of those instances, the Pharisees never reached out to be ministered to by Jesus because they were too busy trying to find fault in Jesus. What are you looking for when you come to church? 
What are you looking for when you come in to the presence of God? I, I pray I would, I would have such a, a clear and direct focus. Boy, Jesus, while I'm in your presence right now, I'm not gonna look to accuse anybody else. I ain't even got time to, to worry about anybody else because this is precious moments that I have in your presence. I'm gonna reach out to you. I'm gonna take advantage of this time with you. What are you looking for when you come to church? So, so tonight I wanna give you three things. Three things that I found in here. Three things Jesus confronts in Mark chapter three, right? Jesus' ministry, it was about comfort, but like we said, it was about confrontation. And he confronts three things in Mark chapter three. The first one is this. Number one, he confronts the occasion. Jesus confronts the occasion. We, we've kind of talked about it. Look, Jesus doesn't need a special occasion to speak to you. He wants you to have a paper plate kind of faith. He wants to be that paper plate kind of God. He's, he's my friend. I'm used to seeing him every single day. There's a, not, not, a, not a bad negative type of comfortability where, where you don't honor and, and recognize the, the presence of, of who you're with, but, but there's a comfortableness in, in a sense that me and Jesus and I are close. We're in a relationship together. I wrote this down. If you wanna take notes, you can write it down. When we're talking about the occasion, listen, sub 30, any occasion is a fitting occasion to be a blessing. Any occasion. Jesus models this in Mark chapter three. See, the Pharisees were basically saying, hey, Jesus, look, we know that you can heal this guy. We've seen you do some other cool stuff, but Jesus, this is not the occasion to be a blessing right now. And Jesus is like, then you guys know nothing about occasions and blessing because every occasion is a fitting occasion to be a blessing and to help somebody. And Jesus shows us right here in Mark chapter three. But see, what I love right here is, is Jesus is picking a fight. I love it. Like, like Jesus is literally picking a fight. How do we know that? Because look, Jesus totally could have healed this dude the very next day. A shriveled hand is not a life-threatening event. Jesus could have come back and just done it the next day. No one would have had a problem with it. But Jesus is picking a fight right here. Jesus did this miracle on purpose on this day, on the day that they were supposed to do no work so that Jesus could show everyone that what you're currently doing isn't working. Let, let, me, let me show you. You see, the miracle on this day, sub 30, it was, it was much more than just fixing one man's situation. Jesus was about fixing an, a nation's system, how they've been going on for years and years and years. And maybe you're in here tonight and, and your theological framework, so to speak, has you only coming to Jesus when there's a bad situation. Maybe right now the way you view your relationship with God is maybe if you were honest with yourself, and let's just pretend we could be honest in church for a minute. If you were honest with yourself, you, you recognize that really I only ever come to God when there's a bad situation going on. And your relationship is situational. Now watch, Jesus is happy to heal and fix your situation, but please recognize he's trying to fix the system that you're operating in right now trying to get you to understand that your relationship with him is not based on a special occasion when a bad situation rolls around, but rather he wants this type of relationship with you. I know there's a situation and Jesus will handle that, but he's much more about the system that's wrong right now. I, I want faith that can be accessed in the everyday ordinary things, right? Jesus, he confronts the occasion. Number two, the second thing is he confronts the outcome. He confronts the outcome. Write this down, if you will, sub 30. If your faith is dependent on an outcome, then it's only a matter of time before you lose it. I'll say it again. If your faith is dependent on an outcome, then it's only a matter of time 
before you lose it. Because the question is, what happens to your faith when the outcome doesn't come fast enough? What happens to your faith? There was a, a guy several years ago when Bethany and I were living in the Atlanta area. There was this man who would come to our church there in Atlanta and, uh, and, and, and he was in a wheelchair. And, and there was uh, some parts of his physical body that were paralyzed. He's in a wheelchair. And, and but boy, he was always like down the front, kind of on the side, so to speak, during the worship services. And, and dude, he was going for it. And he's lifting his hands. And he's singing out loud. And he's loving Jesus. And, and man, he's just passionate in his worship. He's going for it and all this kind of stuff. And I remember just through a, a few conversations, I would begin to talk to him. And it turns out he's been praying for his healing to, to get out of this wheelchair from his paralyzed limbs. Praying for his healing for 15 years. 15 years. But he would tell me, he'd be like, Pastor Clay, man, I just love coming to this church, man. I love, the, I love the spirit of faith here, man. Every time I come in here, I'm just, I continue to pray that God's gonna heal my body. 15 years. If that faith is based on an outcome, then bro, why are you still praying? What are you even doing here? Because 15 years later, guess what? Apparently Jesus hadn't answered any requests. If his faith is based on an outcome, then why are you even coming? What are, what are you even doing here? I mean, shouldn't you be giving up? By now, shouldn't you just throw in the towel by now? But you see, I love this man in the wheelchair because it showed me he's got a different kind of faith. He's got a unique kind of faith and a faith that is not based on an outcome, but rather a faith that is based in the revelation of who he knows Jesus Christ to be, that God is good, that God is a healer, that God is faithful. And whether he sits in that wheelchair for one more day or the rest of his life, he's still giving God praise because his faith is not based on an outcome. It's not based on an outcome. Is your faith based on an outcome or is your faith an outlook? Is your faith an outlook? That's how it should be. My faith should be an outlook. It should be my posture. It should be my stance. It should be how I approach every single day, every single thing. It's an attitude. It's a position in my life. If your faith is based on an outcome, then you'll probably be disappointed at some point in life. And it's only a matter of time before you lose your faith. I hope it's rooted in something much more substantial, much more concrete than just an outcome here or there. I want you to go back real quick and let's look at it one more time as we just keep reading this Mark chapter three verse. I'm gonna get it in you tonight. Another time Jesus went to the synagogue. A man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking to accuse Jesus. They watched him to see if he was gonna heal. Verse three, Jesus said to the man with a shriveled hand, watch this, stand up in front of everybody. Stand up in front of everyone. You see, that's really good right there, Sub 30, because what God wants to do in your life isn't even just about your life. It's about him doing something so great in you that everybody watching is also gonna see the goodness of God on display in your life. And when God pulls through and does something in your life, see, when, when he has you stand up in front of everybody, now it's not just gonna be you giving the praise and glory back to Jesus, but now everybody watching is gonna praise and glorify God because they're gonna see that he's good even though he's working through you. I love it. He says, stand up in front of everybody. Hey, Pharisees, not only am I gonna heal this dude, but everybody's about to see it. Really gonna tick you off now, right? Everybody, everybody, hey, watch this. This is what Jesus is doing right here. Just rolling up, just stirring stuff up in the temple that day, right? Watch this, and he does this, he does this thing, verse four, and Jesus asked him which is lawful, to do good or to do evil, they remain silent. Verse five, he looked around them in, in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. Say stubborn hearts. Stubborn hearts. Sub 30, which is worse, a shriveled hand or a stubborn heart? This is what Jesus is saying. Shriveled hand or a stubborn heart. You see, watch this. 
The natural condition of the man's hand was the spiritual condition of the Pharisees' hearts. Stubborn hearts. You see, the symptom, the symptom was actually reflective of the system. One man had a a shriveled, withered symptom, but it was actually reflective spiritually of the entire system that was operating in the day. The natural condition was the spiritual condition of the hearts that were in the building that day. And Jesus says, "I I, I came in this moment to confront both of these. Jesus came not just to fix your bad symptom, but he came to fix the system that's messed up that you're living in right now. You you see, I thought about it like this. You see, Jesus, he tells the man, he says, hey, stretch out your hand. But he didn't say which hand. Stretch out your hand. Imaginatively speaking, I would imagine this man, maybe he has his withered hand in his pocket, right? Isn't that just like all of us? We don't want anyone to see what's wrong with us. We don't want anyone to see the dysfunction in our life. We don't want anyone to see the hidden handicap that we have in our life. And so maybe he came in that day and, and, and he's hiding the, the, the withered hand and Jesus says, hey, stretch out your hand. And, and, and he offers Jesus his good hand. Because again, that's human nature, isn't it? We want everyone to see the good parts of us. We want everyone to be impressed with what's good about us. But, but I think the, the, the key for us is this. Look, sub 30, God didn't bring you here tonight so that you could show off the parts of your life that are working. I believe God has you here tonight because he wants to deal with the parts of your life that are not working. Stretch out your hand. Maybe he offers up his good hand and Jesus says, no, that's not, that's actually not why I'm here. And it leads us into our third point tonight as the band gets ready to come up. The third thing that Jesus confronted in Mark chapter three is he confronted the order. He confronted the occasion and the outcome and thirdly, he confronts the order. Jesus says, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out. The Bible says that his hand was completely restored. What the Bible does not say is that his hand was restored, and then he stretched it out. That would seem like maybe the logical play that would happen right there, maybe the logical sequence of events that would happen, and and hey, hey, Jesus, thanks for healing my hand, and now he stretches it out, But, but you see, that's not faith. Faith has a different order. You gotta understand the order of faith. You see, Jesus says, stretch out your hand and then we'll look at some restoration. Stretch out your hand. You see, faith has a different order. Notice first, sub 30, that Jesus commands the man to do what he cannot do. Commands the man to do what he cannot do. Hey, hey, stretch out your hand. Everyone's looking like, uh, Jesus, duh. Uh, that's why you up in here, right? Because he can't stretch out his hand. What do you mean, stretch out your hand? Jesus, you don't see the man's hand? Like it's withered and it's, 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 it's just Jesus is not normal. Like he can't stretch out his hand. What do you mean stretch out your hand? Jesus commands the man to do what he cannot do. Sub 30, listen to I me mean, tonight. Like faith will command you to do what you cannot do. Faith will command you to do what you have thought thus far that you are unable to do. Faith will fly, faith, faith will fly counter to the narrative that has led your life to this very point thus far. Faith, faith will call you a conqueror even though all you've known thus far in life is defeat. Faith, this is faith. Faith in my life, it'll ask me to do what I cannot do. Faith will ask you to stretch out your hand even though you're saying, Jesus, I've never been able to stretch out my hand. 
Jesus, I've never been able to do that. God, I've never been, I've never in my wildest dreams even thought I could do that, but faith will command you to do what you don't even think you can do. Stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. You see, I, I thought about it like this. Just like a hand, some dysfunctions are really easy to hide. Just like a hand, some handicaps, so to speak, spiritually are, are, are hard to, they're easy to hide. See, the Bible doesn't say in Mark chapter three, it wasn't a guy with a shriveled leg. That's too hard to hide. Like you can't, you can't hide a shriveled leg. Everyone would have seen the, the messed up leg coming into the synagogue. He couldn't, he couldn't have hid that. The Bible didn't say in Mark chapter three, the man wasn't blind because he would have stumbled into the synagogue that day like this. That, that's, too, that's too hard to hide. You can't hide that. But you see, a hand is pretty easy to hide. See, see, maybe, just maybe, you've been going through life thus far trying to operate with just one good hand because you've gotten really, really good at hiding the other one. And you're saying, God, if, if you love me, Jesus, and God, I, I, I mean, I believe that you can do it, but God, if you could really just restore this hand, God, it would make life a whole lot easier. God, if you, could, if you could help me with this dysfunction, if you could help me with this piece of me that I, I don't love and I'm not really proud of, but God, if you could help me, if you could just restore this, then God, I promise I will reach out. God, I promise I will extend. I promise I will. And, and Jesus says, no, I hear you, but that's not the order of faith. Because the order of faith says, when you respond, you can be restored. Too often we look for the restoration saying, God, I promise I'll respond. And Jesus says, no, 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 I, I hear you. Why don't you just go ahead and respond? Why don't you just go ahead and stretch out your hand right now? See, some stuff's easy to hide, right? No one knows. No one knows about your addiction that you have right now. No one knows about your lust problems. No one knows about your eating disorder. No one knows about your suicidal thoughts. No one knows about your depression. No one knows about your marriage struggles except your spouse. No one, no one knows about your alcoholism. No one knows about the overwhelming maybe amount of debt that you're in right now and it's weighing heavy on you. No one knows the struggle you have in relationships. No one knows how many people you've slept with. No one knows, no one knows, no one knows because you've gotten really good at hiding the dysfunction. And Jesus is saying, man, I, I love I love when you're in my presence, but I'd like to see more than just the good hand. I actually didn't come here tonight, the Holy Spirit didn't come here tonight just to see the good side of you. He comes and he meets with us so that he can address the dysfunctions in our life. He comes and he meets with us because he says, hey, do, would you just prefer to go another year with that dysfunction and that withered hand? Or, or how about you just go ahead and stretch out tonight and let's just solve the whole thing right now. And when you stretch, you can be strengthened. And when you respond, you can be restored. See, there's a different order when it comes to faith, a very different order. So the question in here tonight is simply this, I wonder who needs to respond so that God can restore something in your life? Is there anybody maybe in here tonight and you want God bad enough in your life that you're willing to stretch out? You're willing for 
the dysfunction to for a moment just be on display and you get it out before God and you go ahead and release it and stop trying to hide it because you see, here's the thing with God anyway, like you're actually not hiding anything. You know what I mean? Ever played hide and go seek with little kids? So stupid. You know what I mean? I'm gonna count to 10, all right, you go hide. One, two, three, four, six, seven, nine, 10. Oh my God, where are you? Oh, there's a massive lump in the rug. Awesome, awesome. Or it's like, or it's like they're behind the couch, but it's like, <laughs> oh, I see you. Hey Jude, I see you. That's how silly you look when you try to hide things from God. As if you could anyway. See, to hide it, is, is, it's only gonna continue to be a dysfunction in your life. But if you'll just go ahead and release it and stretch out and, and just show it and let Jesus get his hands on it, then it's gonna bring freedom to you. I wonder who needs to respond so that you can be restored? Who needs to stretch tonight so that you can be strengthened? I'm so thankful that we don't need a special occasion for faith. I'm so thankful that we don't serve a Sunday-only God. I'm so thankful that just the same, perhaps, spirit and vibe that you're feeling right now, maybe God's speaking to you, tugging on your heart, wanting to do something in your life, it's not just a Sunday-only kind of feeling. That you can experience this type of presence, and maybe that's why you love Sub 30. Maybe you love Sub 30 because you're like, man, I just love the worship. We hear that all the time, our team can tell you. We hear it all the time, and I love the worship at Sub 30. Man, I just feel God, I feel the presence of God when I'm in worship at Sub 30, it's just awesome, and it's just great. But, but please understand, like, we don't have a patent on the presence of God. Like, like, you can access that in your car on the way to work in the morning. You, you, can, you can enter in to that presence at any given time on any given day because thankfully he's not a special occasion God, he's a paper plate God that you can have relationship with every single ordinary normal day. Why don't we stand to our feet all over the room tonight? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Is your faith just about knowledge? Is, is your faith just about becoming some educated Christian? Or, or, or is your faith actually producing results in your everyday, ordinary life? Because that's what it should be doing. I want functional faith. And I believe Jesus is here tonight. I don't know whatever your dysfunction is. As God was, as God was leading me through Mark chapter three, I was literally on my knees up here at the church one day as I was piecing some of this stuff together, I was in this back green room and I literally got on my knees and I'm, I'm like, Jesus, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta show you the hand. I gotta show you the hand that I've been hiding. I gotta show you this dysfunction. See, before I'm even preaching it to you tonight, I'm back there, I'm back there doing business with God myself. I don't know what the dysfunction is. Maybe you feel like it's super, super dysfunctional or maybe you feel like, you know what, it's not like this is absolutely crippling my life, but I know it's not healthy for me. I know it's not good. Tonight, Jesus is here because he wants to restore. But the order of faith is that you would respond. If that's you, and you're saying, God, I need you to restore an area of my life. I just want you to be bold enough to right now just put your hand in the air wherever you're at. You're not lifting this hand to me. This is just like a sign like, God, look, I'm here. It's just, it's just kind of like a bold step in a room full of people to say, hey, God, my hand's in the air. 
I'm stretching out. Just like the man in, in Mark chapter three, I, I'm stretching out. God, I'm gonna go ahead and stretch out right now. I, I, need, I need to be strengthened. God, I wanna be restored. It's a simple message. Really, really is so, so simple. But man, if we're not careful, we actually go through life trying to hide what God sees anyway. Let's not do that anymore. Let's get past all that kind of stuff. Let's just go ahead and get free from all that kind of mess. So Father, in Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, I pray for everyone with their hand raised. God, you see the dysfunctions, God, in all of us. You see the, the hidden handicap that, Lord, we've tried to hide, maybe not just from you, but we've tried to hide it from the people around us. We didn't wanna address it. We didn't wanna talk about it. We didn't wanna show it, God, to anyone. We, we were embarrassed of it. God, it, it, it was something that we didn't think highly of, but God, right now, we, we realize the order of faith is, God, we're gonna stretch and you're gonna strengthen. God, we're gonna respond and you're gonna restore. That's what you do, Jesus. And God, you're not just restoring us because this is the special occasion for restoring, but God, you're gonna restore us today. And God, if we need it tomorrow, you can do it on a Monday and you can do it on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Lord, I pray that you would help us move past this idea of special occasions. God, that we would begin to operate and cultivate and build up and exercise our faith on everyday, ordinary, routine things of life. God, I pray that you would bring freedom to people right now. God, I pray that you would set people free. I pray that, God, in, in, the, in the spirit, that you would restore the withered hand in Jesus' name, God that you would restore time that the enemy has tried to take away from them. Lord, for people who feel like they've, they've missed out on things because they, they weren't having a relationship with you and oh, I missed an opportunity and I wasn't able to do that. God, I pray that you would bring brand new slates, that you would start over in Jesus' name, that you would restore time, that you would restore and mend relationships. Anything that is plaguing us right now, we call upon the name of Jesus. We call upon the name of Jesus. Come on, I can't pray it for you. Right where you're at, why don't you just say, God, I, I, I need you. Jesus, I call upon your name. Restore what has been dysfunctional in my life. You just take a minute. You just take a minute and pray right there. God wants to hear from you. God wants to hear from you. You just take a minute. You take a minute, come on. God loves to hear your voice. He loves to hear your voice. God, restore us, mend us. God, fix us. God, we thank you that right now you're not just fixing symptoms, but Lord, fix the whole messed up system that some of us have been operating in. God, our, our whole faith system has been dysfunctional and messed up. God, I pray that you would restore that, correct that. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I just wanted to share this with you real quick as we were just praying. I just felt like a little bit of a pastoral moment right here. Um, I think in our nation, we're privileged enough to have a lot of really great preachers, really great pastors, great communicators. A lot of people, even here at Celebration, we've got a lot of people who can stand on the stage and bring great revelation of God's word, really, honestly. Um, but but man, if we're not careful, then, then all we're gonna do is, is we're just gonna raise up a whole generation of people in America who are totally dependent on one man's revelation of scripture to get them going 
day in and day out, right? And, and so again, it leads to the special occasion. We, we gotta get past the special occasions. You, you, will, you will, if you're struggling, I guess, in, in an area of freedom, and, and there is a dysfunction that you can see, look, it's always gonna be dysfunctional to some degree if this is the only occasion that you're getting fed and you're getting in the presence of God. So I'm, I'm just, I'm putting that out there as a disclaimer because you could pray for it all day long, so to speak, but, but like if this is the only time where you're in an atmosphere of faith, like, like I, I'll just say, like I preach to myself way more than I preach to you. I, like, I dig into the word way more than just, oh, Mark chapter three for this week because I gotta preach it at sub 30. Does that, does that make sense? If you want freedom from dysfunction, then, then you gotta start to say, God, I'm pressing in on the everyday. I'm gonna remove all special occasion mentality and completely get rid of it. I'm not gonna have special occasion faith. I'm not just gonna open my Bible on special occasions. I'm not just gonna pray on special occasions. I'm not just gonna worship on special occasions. I'm not just gonna lift my hands on special occasions. I'm not just gonna lift my voice on special occasions. We gotta get past the special occasions. And I believe, man, you start to take steps like that in your life, there's gonna be this whole, new, this whole new place of freedom that you've never experienced before, but you're gonna find it to be so full of joy and so fulfilling, and you're gonna be like, man, why wasn't I doing this a lot sooner? And that's the kind of God we serve. It was never meant, that's why the veil was torn. That's why when Jesus died on the cross, in that moment, when he said, it is finished, history lesson, in that moment, the literal veil of the Holy of Holies was torn from top to bottom, symbolizing that now, no longer is only one man in the nation allowed to walk into the presence of God, but now the presence of God has been released, and anyone who calls upon the name of Jesus can walk in boldly to his presence, can experience the Holy Spirit, come on. Jesus did that for us. Jesus did that for us. I think it's the biggest slap in the face to God when we still rely on the one man to get in his presence and bring back a message when Jesus is saying, the whole reason I died on the cross is so everybody could walk in to the presence. Walk in to the presence. You walk in, you step in, God's waiting on you. God's waiting to experience you. You better write a note on your dashboard tomorrow saying this car is officially the designated presence of God's spot in my life. Sundays, truthfully, here's how it should be, Pastor Lee. So Sundays should just be a celebration of all the presence that we've already experienced all week long. And then we roll up in here on a Sunday and we're like, dude, Tyler, man, the presence of God was in my car this past Monday. And oh my gosh, Stephen, dude, on a Wednesday, man, God met me in the grocery store and it was awesome. And then we all gather together just to celebrate what we've experienced thus far. Like that's how it should be. Paper plate God, paper plate God, best friend, closer than a brother, God. That's who we serve. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for Sub 30 family. I thank you that you're strengthening us, you're growing us, you're developing us, you're discipling us, you're maturing us. And God, we receive every last bit of it. Lord, we love you and we call upon the name of Jesus in our life. We want to experience your presence. Thank you for freedom. Thank you that you remove and fix dysfunctional situations, symptoms, and systems. 
We honor you in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Thank God tonight. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.